0: what anyone else might say. This is about being willing to go against the norm to create magnificence in every area of your life. Genius was not created by following the rules. All right, my magical friends, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so excited for my guest today. I've got Miss Rudrani in the house, who is not only an amazing singer, um, a go-getter, an author, an Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator, but she's just a rock star in all areas of her life. And I was on her podcast that's launching um, soon last week and we're like let's get you here and let's talk so today we're going to be talking about vulnerability and a whole lot of other magical stuff but before we dive into the
1: topic rudrani welcome thank you so much for having me miss Cruz. i'm just so happy to be here you know yeah, uh, miss catherine mcintosh and i had this lovely conversation on my uh, podcast which is the get happy podcast and I'm kind of known as the happy lady, you know, in the world, sort of crazy cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, uh, you know, so, and, and, and not, um, and very um, not caring about it. So, so we, you know, we're gonna dive into this vulnerability piece, but let me tell you a little bit about me, uh, a little backstory. Um, I uh, found Access Consciousness in uh, 2003 and um, didn't really dive in until 2011, 2012. Um, I was already a practitioner doing holistic therapies and had remembered access consciousness after um, being introduced to it in Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I reside and have my home office. Um, But I had a little event. It was actually quite a large event, but it feels like I'm talking about a Netflix movie every time I think about it now. 2008, I was in India for a meditation retreat and got shot by terrorists and had to close my facility down. Um, I ended up getting a divorce, uh, leaving the organization that I was there with because we had different points of view. And that's what led me back to the road of access consciousness. So in addition to being a certified facilitator, I know these tools work because it got me through all of that craziness. And um, I also am a singer. I have my own band that I perform with and then I perform with four other bands. My main go-to is funk r um, I am the number one funk artist on the Reverb Nation for Nashville. Um, I don't know, maybe we can share a link later if you'd like to hear some originals. Um, yeah. So I decided to do this podcast because of a book I had written. It was my third book, um, choosing happiness, which speaks three languages now. And, uh, I wanted to celebrate the podcast, which, uh, is dropping, uh, the premiere episode will be November 11th, which is Wednesday. And I thought, how could I honor it? And uh, what came to mind was, do a Facebook five-day get happy challenge. Sure, there's other people out there crazy happy like me for no reason, no good reason, according to this reality. And I was really surprised. Catherine, people were uh, very mixed about me even doing this. Um, My team suggested that I do these little Facebook lives and I start singing. And then I talk about the five-day challenge. And initially there were a lot of people, you know, of course, our people, (laughs) the little hearts are flying and, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing it. You know, the first day we already had 50 something people sign up for it. So I thought, oh, I found a good thing. And then I started to get some kind of very interesting messages. There was one in my feed from, from a relative that was telling me about all her troubles. And I knew it was for me. So I private messaged her back, you know, gave her what she could receive. And I told her I'm going to delete it because I know that message was just for me. And quite frankly, it was very, it was a downer, (laughs) you know, I'm inviting the people that want to get happy, not the people that want to tell me about all their pain and suffering. So the vulnerability piece, you know, really stuck out. I mean, um, people aren't willing in this crazy time to to be vulnerable, they're they're scared, they're hiding. You know, and I never thought of being happy as a vulnerability. It's like we're afraid to show our happiness for the sake of others because they're not. Maybe we don't feel like we deserve it. So I don't know, I guess I wanted to kind of start the conversation there. I mean, I I don't care if I ever, it's like as a singer, I don't even care if I fuck up. There was this one time, boy, this is a long story to get to. (laughs) all good, bring it baby. okay, well I belong to a few bands and I was in a band with a friend of mine that well, I suppose I'm still in it. It's just we haven't been able to play out. We're in the middle of COVID for those that are watching this in the future if we happen to be out of it by then. And um, I had had missed a rehearsal or I'd missed a, a conversation where they decided to cut one song short. And I had this really long note that's really high that comes that just barrels through this one part of the song but they had decided to end right before that happens. So there we were, the place was packed. Not be, not be COVID friendly at all. And all of a sudden that part of the song comes, I got my eyes closed, I'm going for it. I'm like, ah! well, not that, but you know, it was. Yeah, a, yeah. and the band had stopped. <laughs> I looked around, everybody was silent and I went, finally I get a solo and everybody cracked up. I mean, that's what just came to me because I thought, well, you know, it's obvious that I wasn't supposed to do that. The cool part was, is uh, it was right on key and sounded beautiful. Mm. (laughs) And
0: I didn't give a shit. Oh, can I say that on your? Yes, you can. Okay, so. I'm allowed to swear on my podcast. Yay! Well, I have a question for you because there's probably a lot of people listening. You know, we are in crazy times and there are a lot of people who are dealing with, you know, the stresses of life or the challenges of life, and whether it's in business or financially or in relationship. And, you know, I I brought you on because, you know, part of the gangster of consciousness is is listening to your gut despite what anyone else is doing around you and so you know you made a comment of it it's so weird to think that being happy is it could be vulnerable and it's like yeah vulnerability is choosing i think it's choosing for you when no one else is willing to choose it and so you know, in a time where there's tons of stress and tons of pain and tons of suffering and tons of opinions and tons of unknowns to choose happiness in the face of everyone who's choosing suffering, it's vulnerable to put yourself out there in that way. So my question to you is how do you do it in a way that works for you? That's authentic. And, you know, do you ever feel the, the opposition in that way when you're choosing it?
1: Oh, yeah. I can perceive the judgments being impaled upon me from all directions. And so so- what, do you, what do you do when you feel that? Um, I receive it. It's the strangest thing. I, I get where they're coming from. I want to honor the space they're in. Um, I've got to trust that they're always going to show up that way so that I don't uh, take it on as uh, this judgment is real and true for me. I, I trust that they have their point of view. And I don't have to buy into their story and decide that, gosh, what they're saying is valid. So I need to, you know, I need to hold back. Mm. There's a lot of people that don't think I'm serious. I guess I'm really not. I I mean, I I, I joke about being um, very immature for my mature age. And, uh, you know, I get along with my nieces and nephews and their children. Better than I do with my own siblings, and I don't. I don't even want to say get along. That's not quite right. We all we all care about each other. We do, um, but I get how different I am, and uh, and I get that I look like I'm out of control to them, because I do whatever I want, mm. no matter what anybody says, their judgment or whatever. And there was a time when I wasn't like that. Uh, maybe that's part of the maturity. Who knows? Well, you come um, you come from a really big big religious
0: family, don't you? And you have a lot of siblings as well, right? (laughs) If I remember correctly.
1: Yes, ma'am. I come from a Roman Catholic family. My parents, my mother is from Italy. My dad's parents are from Italy and a very strict household, six children. And I can remember being quieted down at the dinner table just for laughing. Mm -hmm. Children should be seen and not heard kind of thing. It was a very strict, strict household. And, um, yeah. So my, my siblings have a lot of points of view because they've all managed to remain with the exception of one one sister I had married outside of our religion and became a Mormon. Interesting point of view. She had six children and they're all now having lots of children <laughs> and lots of children. And they have lots of points of view and they've tried to save me. And my family's tried to save me. I I've had you know, personal texts of, uh, you know, lines from the Bible sent to me. And, you know, it doesn't bother me. I actually, I find it sweet, because I know they're doing the best they can. To them, you know, they want to save me. For them, that's, that's because they love me. (laughs) Now, I'm not going to impale upon them my point of view about that. As much as I perceive that they're not going to change my mind, I perceive that I'm not going to change theirs, and neither do I want to. I'm going to allow whatever they choose. It's working for them, you know. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. So, so, what what is vulnerability to you? It's like the open wound. I can remember getting in relationships, and I uh, and I'm, heard, I'm sure you've heard this before. Where I've just I've cut off my arms and legs to fit in. I've not told them things about me that I thought were despicable because I thought if they found out, they're going to know how terrible I am. And when I finally got to the space of being who I was, warts and all, and it was difficult. I, I don't think I did it for the first time until five years ago in a relationship. My, my ex left me when I was in a wheelchair after being shot by terrorists, uh, started a family with someone else. And it was so painful, um, you know, because I took it so personally. I thought, what did I do wrong, you know? I don't get it. He doesn't want to work on this, you know? And then uh, his boss, who I was friends with, we were both in film production at the time. I was a film producer. And um, she worked for CMT uh, Country Music Television where he also worked. And she told me that he said to her uh, after her asking, you know, how, how is Rudrani doing? And he said, well, the beloved isn't perfect anymore. And she was like, oh my God, I hated him so much right then. And I said, why? He just showed you his true colors. You should be grateful that you know who he is, you know? But I didn't trust for a long time after that. I couldn't even look at a guy because I was like, oh, they're all assholes. (laughs) Every guy I'd ever dated had quote unquote cheated on me. I was, you know, I chose very well in my younger years (laughs) and obviously in my marriage too. But, you know, I, I have different points of view about all of that now. If things um, were meant to be, you know, creationship in any one of those relationships, they would have been. I choose mm-hmm. differently now, but the vulnerable piece came to me five years ago. Uh, Gary Douglas, who's a dear friend uh, with Access Consciousness, you know, he was, had a, gave me a little challenge on uh, dating sites and all that. So I had, was exploring that with these questions. Will this be easy? light or heavy? Will it be fun, light or heavy? Will I learn something, light or heavy? Will I be happier afterwards, light or heavy? And then I think recently one was added, will he make me money, light or heavy? And will he make me money just simply means will he be a contribution to me? Mm -hmm. And so I started exploring that and it was very interesting The people I was choosing that I aligned with were mostly people I wouldn't even give a second look to because I made it all about, you know, with the society or Reality considers to be the perfect mate. Oh, he's got to be looking and tall and have hair and not have a dad bod and all that stuff. And when I finally let all that go, the weirdest thing happened. Three guys showed up that were actually tall, because I like to wear big old heels. They all had hair, beautiful hair. They all were in shape. You know, they are all educated. Funny. I mean, it was weird. Like, Once I finally dropped all of that, these people that could actually Mm -hmm. be fun, you know, easy fun, all those things showed up. And one, I decided I was going to finally be myself with. And it was hard. We, Mm -hmm. we dated off and on for five years. And in fact, he's only just recently stepped back into my life. And he's very different than I am. We have very different. uh, I don't have a religious view, but he does. Um, I don't have a political view, but he does. <laughs> um, he actually really likes uh, the Trumpster. And so does my family. And I don't have a point of view about it. It's all about the honoring we have for each other and how willing we're, we are to be vulnerable with, with each other. And we, last time we were talking, we had that conversation about how we have that honoring and caring for each other, even though we know, you know, it was it was kind of funny because I'm, I told him that I had voted. I had a little voted sticker on my face and I texted it to him. It was actually on my mask. <laughs> and um, and he said, oh, that's so sweet. Biden got one vote today. And I was like, that's right. <laughs> that's so but funny. we can joke about it. We we're, it's That's the vulnerability when you, I don't have to hide that from him. Mm.
0: Well, I think that's such a huge conversation and such an amazing point because how, much or are we taught in society that vulnerability is something that it actually isn't when being yourself amidst any obstacles or challenges, or when you know that somebody that you're being yourself around is completely the opposite and still being in allowance and gratitude and, and like allow like, it's so funny to me that vulnerability, because it's true, is being yourself. Like most of us aren't taught to be ourselves. And so we're like, okay, let me fit into this version of me or this version of me. And I'm sure like, I mean, you have probably stories enough to fill a hundred podcasts and especially what you've been through. I mean, like not only I just found this out today, right. I knew that you'd been, you know, shot by terrorists in a terrorist attack, but to then have your, your husband at the time while you're in a wheelchair, leave you like, holy cannoli. And you say it with such finesse and grace there. Like I could tell there's not that charge in your world. And, and so I also think to bring to the topic, like what if vulnerability is also letting go of the pains and the choices and the things that we have in our
1: past that don't serve our future. Oh my God. She said it so beautifully. I remember the day he told me he was leaving. He was a I just had my final surgery on my leg because my my entire leg shattered. And in India, they didn't even know that. They thought, you know, they wrapped it. I flew back with an ACE bandage wrapped around my leg and didn't know until I got back to the States that the leg was shattered. They thought that the bullet had chipped the bone and they didn't have really good x-ray machines and all of that. So if somebody bumped me, my leg would have come apart. Oh my God.
0: You must've been in excruciating pain flying.
1: Um. Yeah, deep vein thrombosis is not a friend. <laughs> um, I, I had to fly with, with a doctor, an Indian doctor, that got me as far as uh, Atlanta, and then there was another doctor, American doctor, that flew with me back to Nashville. And then they, uh, because there was so much news, and we were trying to, you know, it was kind of crazy because it was a big story all over the United States. Um, they snuck me out of the plane before they got to the tarmac and they had an ambulance waiting for me and I went straight to the hospital. But yeah, I remember the last day of surgery. We hadn't, I don't even think a year had gone by yet um, because the kneecap had gotten pulled away, pulled away from the leg and they couldn't put it back on correctly until the bone had healed. So I'm like doped up, did the surgery to reconnect my knee. I'm, I'm, Uh, watching the video because they had videoed a little camera in my knee (laughs) and he's banging pots and pans. It comes around the corner very matter-of-factly. I'll get it out in a minute. And (laughs) it says, um, I didn't sign up for this. I'm leaving. He goes, you know, if you had died in India, I would have loved you forever, but I didn't sign up for this. And so I responded with, uh, are you sure you don't want to do the work? Because we had tried therapy. We only went one time after I got shot though. And he goes, no, I'm tired of doing the work. And I thought, okay. And in that moment, I knew I had to let him go. And I was relieved in a way. I was pissed and hurt, but there was this relief of, I'll be able to breathe again, because he was just waiting for me to heal. He wanted me to start working again. He wanted me to, you know, be providing again. I actually made more than he did as a, as a healer. Then he did as a producer. Cause when we got married, I left the production business and leaped in with both legs to do the healing business, wow. opened up a facility and all that. But
0: So I have a really weird question. I don't know if you've ever been asked this and maybe you've thought about it yourself, but, um, you know, through that experience and through the experience of being in India and being shot, what was, what, what, what gifts are, did you walk away with? What gifts are you still walking away with from that entire experience, including your husband leaving you?
1: <laughs> well, it's funny you should say, because the first thing that popped for me was how calm I was when I was shot. Wow. I remember them coming in and just mowing everybody down. And I, I had this, I just, I just yelled <laughs> out to my group, there were six of us at the table. Everyone get under the table, table now, because I thought it was a disgruntled employee. And I based that on a Sopranos episode. I had an executive producer I used to represent as a director and he was one of the executive producers for the Sopranos. Um, and he, he sent me the first few episodes because that hadn't even gone on HBO yet. And there was one where Tony Soprano is eating pasta with his posse and um, they know there's gonna be a hit. And the guy is, comes in and sits down, he orders. And then the guy that's gonna take him out walks in and Tony goes, drop, and they all hit the floor. They take the guy out, they pull him through the kitchen, the door shut, they all get back up and continue to eat their pasta. And it was disturbing, but for some reason, you know, I had that in my head. And so the first thing I thought was, we need to get down. Drop. So I told them, everyone get under the table now. And then we, they, you know, they just, one hand just started shooting indiscriminately. I think I'll wet my whistle, hold on. And then, um, you know, my thought was, okay, they're still shooting. So that it's not about that. And before I knew it, they're trying to point these AK-47s down. And there's a kickback, it's like 200 bullets a minute, but it's really hard to hold a, you know, when it's continuously firing downward. And bullets, of course, hit our table, through the table and, and two of my friends were killed. And I felt all this blood all over my head. And I knew it was my friend next to me. He's, he'd been shot in the head. And I thought in that moment, I was so calm. And I thought, this is so weird how calm I am. And I floated out of my body. And I thought, this is it. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, the only two people that aren't going to get this are my husband and my mother. But everybody else that knows me knows this is going to be okay. And that was extremely calming for me for some reason. But I just kept popping in and out and in and out. So that gift to me was, you know, I guess I'm really not afraid of dying. It doesn't mean when a car swerves next to me that I'm not going to. It's not going to make my, you know, heart go into my throat or whatever for a few seconds, but it was just this, this calm and peace with what be, you know. And I've had a lot of moments like that since then, where I, I was almost in a car accident recently, and I was like, no, this is not happening right now. I made the decision. I just, you know, I just said no <laughs> out loud, probably a lot louder than I'm saying it. And all of a sudden, these two, you know, these two Mack trucks sort of did like this. My car went there, and the girl behind me that wasn't paying attention was looking at her phone because it was all of a sudden standstill traffic, was right where my car w- would have been, right up nose to nose. And it's like, w- once you, I'm not to explain it because you said, what, What's the gift? I mean, my husband leaving was the best gift ever. I, I don't think I would be who I am now if he hadn't have left. So the universe <laughs> has definitely got my back. Mm-hmm. Now my job was healing. Mm-hmm. And I made it, oh my God, I girl, I made it that my job full time.
0: Mm.
1: Then when I could walk again, I, I wanted to run the Boston train for that. Nobody thought I could do it. Even my trainer took me five hours, which is my worst time ever wrote, you know, had wrote soul survivor while I was in the wheelchair wrote for the love of running right after that experience mm. to say, look, I'm still standing and I'm running, know, <laughs> whatever. The gifts, I guess, are, you know what, I, I've got this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for this conversation because mm-hmm. I'm just now really acknowledging it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It makes cry. It's like I, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to like, <laughs> <laughs> not, well, not be waterworks. I'm, I'm talking about me, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah. And I have full body goosebumps as you're talking like this gift. And thank you for, for just being vulnerable and sharing. It's like, you know, when we're willing to follow our gut and not know why anything's going to make sense and choose, sometimes it's the hard choices and sometimes it's surviving the hard choices, but when we constantly listen to that like heartbeat inside of us, that gut intuition, that voice that's like, no, you know, like you you had the no in the car accident and it created a different result. When we're not concerned about what anyone else thinks, that is the gift that no one can take away from us. And so these constant gifts keep like, shedding themselves and contributing and like you know like I look at you, you just made me look at you know I was divorced gosh in 2003 or 2004 we were talking before the podcast about my terrible singing <laughs> <laughs> hire you someday so I can be a good singer right but it,
1: I got I got to a few tools for that and right yeah. voice yeah Way.
0: Yeah. And right voice for you, which is an amazing class with access consciousness. And it's like, you know, it really is. It's not just about singing. It's about, are you willing to have your voice in the world? But the, the gifts that we have, I mean, you made me look at, wow, what's the gift of my first husband who was, you know, we, I wrote a book on that one, right. <laughs> didn't, didn't speak any English and on our honeymoon cheated on me and our boat sank in the Galapagos Islands the day after he cheated on me. Like it's part of you know the first chapter of my second book is called The Singing Ship. And so it's like, you know, everything that yeah we, we're gonna we could probably sit and have so many conversations because I was also raised a very strict Irish Catholic. My mother uh, my mother, my my aunt is still the president of Opus Day and my grandmother used to be part of Opus Day and they used to tell me that they were, they told the Pope to pray for my family by name. So Pope John Paul II or the fourth or whoever it was at the time that was in, you know, in was they were praying because from my family's point of view. So anyways, we could probably have conversation after conversation and, and, you know, it is interesting. Vulnerability is also not making yourself wrong for the choices you make in the moment. Right. So, so like, let's say you are doing the best you can with how you were raised and your self-esteem and, and you're like, I'm going to choose this husband or this person, or I'm going to, you know, like we make the best choices we can in the moment. And vulnerability is not judging you for doing the best you could with, with the skills and the tools and the mindset that you had at the time that you had it.
1: Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's, 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 it's never convinced. it's like, you know, I look back at hindsight and I'm like, wow, I I knew he was an asshole before I married him. <laughs> but they kept saying, you've changed me, and if another said the same thing and all of this, and I'm going, yeah. I mean, if, it, if we had if we had been dating any longer than before we got married, I'm I'm pretty darn sure I would not have married him. Yeah. You know. And it's funny, I'm sitting here thinking while you while you were talking about all of this, what this is really about or the are the five elements of intimacy with yourself first. It's like, if you can be vulnerable enough to actually have that, which are, it's honor, trust, allowance, gratitude, and vulnerability, which is everything we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. If you're vulnerable enough to actually be, you know, be a gangster of consciousness and actually choose that for your own self, then, you know, what can you create and generate with others? you know, with these same five elements. And I look at, I look at this guy, you know, I don't know if we'll be dating for another five years or five minutes, right? But we do honor each other. Mm. We trust that we care about each other, you know, regardless of our points of view. Um, and we're in allowance of those different points of view, you know, and I'm grateful that he can receive me the way I am and he feels the same way. And it's because we, do allow ourselves to be ourselves with each other. We do allow for that vulnerability and there's such beauty in that. And um, that's where a creationship comes in. I mean, we don't live together. He travels a lot. He actually lives on his yacht. So it's like, he's doing that. I have, I don't know, I I live in this, my beautiful home. I adore my home so much and um, very different. I mean, I I like to get really dressed up and wear my high heels and, you know, he likes to wear his jeans and biker boots. And, you know, it's, it's just we're different worlds. We're yeah, It's so yeah. strange, but, and uh, this is a guy that I probably wouldn't have just, you know, picked normally, but that energy was there. I followed my knowing, um, you know, people, when, when your body contracts around someone or they say something and it just doesn't feel right to you, trust your knowing people, because that's, those are clear signals. You know, <laughs> what we try to do is we try to fit in, or you know, well, this reality would see this as us being the perfect couple, and now we're going to have to have children and get married and do all this stuff. What if you didn't have to do that? What if you could be in a creationship and not even live in the same household? We don't even live in the same uh, districts. We're, you know, <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a haul to get to each other, and right now that's not really allowed. <laughs> so we do our best, but you know, what would that look like if you actually just followed your knowing and allowed yourself to be the being that you be?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I love this right voice for you class. I've actually got one coming up, I'm, if I can plug very- Please, quickly. I was gonna say,
0: where can people find you? And what do you, yeah, please.
1: Uh, we uh, we are now allowed us right voice for you people, regardless of COVID or not, as long as we've taken a prerequisite class, which I did, uh, to facilitate this class um, online and in person, which is what I'm going to be doing, December eighth through the twelfth of 2020. In case you're listening to this, in December or November? Uh, December. Okay. it to Thanks for clarifying because I have been, you know, saying things out of <that> my mouth that <laughs> aren't quite right lately, <laughs> so I'm and being, you know, okay with that. Um, so yeah, I've got, i got It'll be translated um, into Turkish and um, into Portuguese. Nice. I know of in case anybody else, nice. knows, they can come forward with that. Um, so, you know, right voice for you is about stepping into who you are. I mean, initially that class was for singers and people who wanted to be public speakers, but it's really more about being yourself with no apologies. Because <laughs> mm. what if you being you was so irresistible and, you know, you being the true voice that you'd be in the world was uh, what this world was looking for. I mean, what if you were squandering it and what you truly be is what people have been waiting for. And that's what the gift would be. And yeah. you, you're trying to be something else that ain't you. You never know, works. have you looked never. at our politicians?
0: Yeah, never works. Well, I've been, you know, I've been saying like, what if we, instead of looking at choices that we don't necessarily are our best options and we go, oh, this choice or that choice will neither sounds appealing or right up my alley. It's like, I've been asking the question, well, what if consciousness reigns? And the, the two choices, it didn't matter. Those two choices are irrelevant because anytime we're, we're given two choices, we it mostly puts us in fight or flight, but yeah. it also limits what we can see and so it's like what if what if it wasn't two choices what if it was like what would it take for consciousness to reign because when consciousness reigns every choice is available and so rudrani i'm so glad you were here like i i think we could probably have these conversations forever Um, hopefully yeah right so hopefully our listeners like thank you guys for listening and so where can people find you do you have a website where would you like to direct people so for more information to all your classes and all the magic including the singing and everything else you do and we'll make sure to put a link in in the podcast so
1: people can find you easily but where can people find you oh thank you for all of that this has been so delightful you can find me in in a myriad of areas um (laughs) The two easiest places to find me, um, for example, is uh, Facebook, because if you go to my Facebook page, Rudrani Devi, D-E-D-I, it lists every single one of my websites, which is kind of crazy because I have rurocks.com, I have my regular website, I have Reverb Nation, which has uh, four original songs on it. And uh, so you'll find them all including, and this is the other easy place because it lists them all as well. And that's my rudronydavey.com website. So if you go there, there's drop-down bars for everything. And you can see the bands I'm in. Um, Oh, and I also have an essential oil company on Etsy. Yes, you do. (laughs) You can go there there's also a, a store where my most popular essential oils are and then there's a link for everything else the candles the jewelry and all of it that's under that you know um, awesome so awesome. wow oh someone wants to say hi we're
0: homeschooling for the week
1: is this okay for
0: you? you can say hi on the podcast we're <laughs> actually going on a podcast so you can say hi your voice will be heard Hi. My my just turned eight-year-old. So um yeah, well, Rudrani, thank you so much for being here. It's been such an honor and a gift. And um yeah, please go check her out and um go to one of the classes, right voice for you is such an amazing class. And for those of you that are curious about more, we have been dropping. We're both access consciousness facilitators. So you can go check out accessconsciousness.com and a myriad of other things. So Rudrani, you are such a gift. I'm grateful for this conversation and my friends don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Don't be afraid to pay attention to you and um, what else
1: is possible. What else indeed. Thank you, my friend. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining me on today's
0: episode. If you liked what you heard, if you were inspired, comment, send us an email, let us know what changed for you and feel free to share with your friends. Also make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get the latest episodes and inspiration so you can create what hasn't yet been created before. It takes guts to do what you're doing so if you're ready to be the rebel follow me on instagram at katherine underscore Macintosh and follow the no judgment diet on facebook and instagram for the latest and greatest tips to tap into your brilliance and unleash your awareness genius was not created by following the rules